This episode is sponsored by Fracht. Fracht means freight in German. Founded in 1955 in Basel, Switzerland as a freight forwarder, the company has grown and evolved to become a global logistics provider for many industries. Specifically for oil and gas, the company manages the complex movement of large industrial equipment used in our offshore production platforms, all the way to MRO, rope soap and dope, and chemicals. For more information, find them at www.frochtgroup.com. Welcome to ESG Energize, where we discuss the latest developments in the environmental, social, and governance arena that are impacting the energy industry today. Here is your host, Delfina Govia. This is Delfina Govia, the Chief Sustainability Officer for FRAC, a global logistics provider with an unflinching commitment to sustainability and ESG and where we are collaborating with our customers and our suppliers to deliver innovative, sustainable supply chain solutions. ESG Energized audience, once again, we are broadcasting live from a conference. This time it is the World Hydrogen North America Conference in downtown Houston, hosted by World Hydrogen Leaders. My guests on the show are the attendees and the exhibitors that are showcasing the challenges and the solutions, the innovations that are driving the hydrogen space. So let's kick off our coverage of the World Hydrogen North America Conference with the program director herself, Lucy Rankin. Lucy, thank you for coming to the ESG Energize podcast. Thank you so much for having me. So Lucy, exciting to have this show here in Houston, Texas. What brought this show, what, what was the impetus for this show, how do you see it playing out, what are your goals for this event? Sure, so um, we launched the World Hydrogen North America event last year. Um, the, we noticed that there was obviously a, a market, we, we held quite a few different hydrogen events kind of globally, um, and so um, from the, the launch last year, um, this year we've, we've grown the event, last year we had kind of one stream, this year we've grown out to, to three streams, um, and what, what we really want to kind of achieve is um, we're offering kind of a platform for the industry to, to meet and network and, and we're hoping, we, we want to kind of accelerate the, the transition to a clean hydrogen economy. Um, and uh, last year, a lot of the conversations that were had were kind of um, looking to the future. Projects kind of were in super early phases and uh, the market kind of were, yeah, at the, at the start of the journey. And, and this year, now with the announcements of the IRA, um, uh, there's just been kind of this huge explosion of the market really in um, in the US particular, particularly. And so, um, yeah, this year we're kind of looking forward to, to seeing how the market's moved on and how projects have moved on and, and what's actually kind of happening and, and kind of real life challenges uh, as well. We're seeing an accelerated uh, evolution in this space and walking around the exhibit floor, there are numerous exhibitors with a broad range of innovations and solutions. How easy was it for you to get speakers for this event, given that there is so much activity and so much progress that has been made? 
Uh, sure. Well, so um, uh, we were aiming for 100 speakers. I've, I've got 156 speakers. Um, there <laughs> so, you go. There um, you go. Yeah, and, and we've been working with the uh, Women Plus and Hydrogen Group as well to make sure that um, we've kind of had... Um, We've had females on, on almost all of our, our sessions, just um, one venture capitalist session, um, just had three three males for every other session. Um, yeah, we've had female speakers on. So um, yeah, it's it's been a, a really enjoyable event to, to produce and I'm really excited to, to hear some of the conversations over the next few days. I'm also feeling a buzz in the air and a sense of collaboration. People want to talk to each other. People want to get together. They want to share stories. They want to share the way that they're approaching things in the market. I think that it is brilliant that you've brought this here to Houston, Texas, the energy transition capital of the world. Are we going to get to see you next year? Uh, yes, you'll definitely uh, get to see us next year, May 21st to, to 23rd. Uh, and we'll be bigger um, bigger again and, and better again as well. Yeah, we're aiming for um, six streams next year, so. Wow. Well, Lucy, thank you very much. This is going to be one heck of an exciting show and we're going to have a great podcast as a result of it. <laughs> oh, thank you so much for having me. The business manager for Johnson Matthey is joining us on the show. Bidar Islam, welcome to ESG Energized. Good morning, uh, Delfina. Thank you so much for inviting me for this uh, great discussion. Really excited to be here the past few days and such a great opportunity with the OGG and for this opportunity to share my views and uh, looking forward to it. So, Bidar, you're with Johnson Matthey. Could you just first for my audience tell them what Johnson Matthey does? Excellent question. Uh, many people know Johnson Matthey, but uh, for the benefit of those who matter no Johnson Matthey. Johnson Matthey is a giant in chemical sector, petrochemical sector, specialty chemical sector. It is a company who have been in the industry past two centuries, 205 years to be exact. Wow. And really, if you want to recognize Johnson Matthey for a few things, uh, those would be, it is a company that technology and science is the in its DNA, and the bedrock for the company is all about progressing science and technology to solve the societal problem. So really, past few centuries, it has been contributing into area of catalysis, precious metal, platinum metal group. It also has been uh, specializing in sustainable technologies, such as something to diesel, something to fuel, sustainable fuel. It has been tremendously contributing in the area of process technology such as hydrogen. Hydrogen is a very important molecule that is not only carrying the energy, but it also goes into fuel, chemicals, energy, and many others. So hydrogen uh, technology, methanol technology, ammonia technology, uh, formaldehyde technology, these are really so critical for the societal daily needs. And that's what Johnson Matthey have been doing. We also have a big area of business that is called the clean air. So every single car that you see in the world, one third or more of that car is carrying Johnson Matthey's product called catalytic converter. Ah. What, what does it do? It actually cleans the air. So really, Johnson Matthey's vision and mission have been all these years. I bet you about that if you took a poll of everyone in my audience, maybe 1% could tell you the name of the company that manufactured the catalytic converter that is actually on their vehicle. That's and exactly. I would not have been one of them. 
<laughs> Interesting. So tell me, uh, Bidar, specifically, since we're here at the World Hydrogen North America Conference, what is the contribution today that Johnson Murphy is making, uh, Matthew, I am sorry, Johnson Matthew is making to this particular space? Yes, that's another great question actually, what means that why we are here? The reason actually we are here is, if you look at this industry, if you look at this event itself, uh, global hydrogen leaders, uh, North America, you can say a few things to describe this uh, event itself, and that is energy transition, decarbonization, net zero. These are the theme, these are the objective of the entire world for this community who came together here past few days. In that context, if you look at what needs to be done to achieve those objectives, that's what Johnson Matthew stands for. As Give I me say, an example. Hydrogen technology is sought after right now. Everywhere you see hydrogen, 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 hydrogen economy, hydrogen fuel, hydrogen force, do something. We are the one of the largest company in the world, leader in hydrogen technology. Hydrogen technology has two pieces. One is process design and the catalyst. We actually bring okay. both. Not only we bring both, we have been actually practicing this over 60, 70 years. There wow. are so many plants that have been running that we design, we build, we have been serving collectively probably 300 years wow. of runtime without any issue. So really, catalyst, process design of hydrogen, you'll hear about ammonia yes. as a hydrogen carrier. Yes. We are uh, deeply uh, uh, expert in that area. You hear about the methanol as a fuel. We are deep, we are number one actually in the world in terms of methanol process technology as well as methanol catalyst. So really, these are few examples in that area, syngas area collectively. If then if you look at, people talk of the sustainable energy, we have a huge technology portfolio. For example, uh, municipal solid waste converting into diesel, we have a technology. If you look at the forestry uh, waste, forestry management is actually a big area in the United States because there's a lot of forestry. You need to trim them. What happened today? They actually go waste, it produced the methane, it's actually more harmful, greenhouse uh, uh, gas and what have you. So Johnson Matthew has a technology to convert the uh, forestry waste into diesel, perhaps uh, uh, sustainable fuel, uh, fuel as well. We have a technology that corn can be actually becoming a sustainable aviation fuel. So that's another uh, branch. Other branch that we have been working, fuel cell technology. There are vehicles that would be run by hydrogen technology. We have a fuel cell technology. Even in the show, you have a demonstration for the green hydrogen. We are one of the big producer and supplier of membrane that goes into an electrolyzer that would be producing hydrogen. So really, if you look at this show alone, green hydrogen, blue hydrogen, syn gas, catalyst, we're all over, not only one or two years, decades after decades after decades. Again. It has been in existence of 205 years, one of the largest precious metal reserve in the world that goes into catalyst, and catalyst is actually an important ingredient that goes to many, many processes. And the product that has been produced by those processes actually support the societal needs. So really, we are extremely relevant for the issue. And that's why we are here, just to contribute to the issue. People who are looking for the solution, we are here to actually offer those solutions. Okay, I'm going to ask you a personal question. Yes. So many different technologies and capabilities that you've talked about, especially yes. in this, this new world 
of sustainability and energy transition. Right. What excites you personally the most? Thank you for asking me this question. Actually, if you look at my career, I have been in the industry for 27 years. Past of that 27 years, you can actively map and chart my career journey. Past 15 years all have been circularity, sustainable. All of my work have been devoted to this. So really, at this juncture of my career, being able to work in the hydrogen technology, being able to work on sustainable technology, I could not ask for more. So this is personally at that level because I believe in sustainability. We really need to save this planet. I believe in there is a catastrophic climate change that have taken place. We need to reverse it. And the things that I'm doing right now through Johnson Matthew, it can actually make an impact of those things. So that's what excites me. That's why I'm happy about. And I'm looking forward to next 10, 15 years, whatever long it takes to implement some of this great technology to make a difference to change the uh, climate trajectory to the right direction from the wrong directions. And I believe we can do it. And quite frankly, I'm excited also the fact that the support that are coming from many countries, such as the United States, Canada, and some leading European countries, it will definitely help the industry to embrace some of the technology that are actually available right now, proven at a scale, that can be deployed to make a difference. And that's what exactly I'm doing and excite me, and I think it's a much bigger cause, much bigger than myself, and that is climate. This is the planet, only one planet we live, we call home. So it's a much bigger issue, and that's what excites me. That was a beautiful response. I could not have asked of anything better. To have somebody that is so excited and passionate uh, about this space, and you've had the privilege of spending the 27 years of your career getting to this point, everything in. Thank you so much for taking time out, and I'm sure that people now are going to know Johnson Matthey as a name that they should recognize. Thank you so very much for joining us. Absolutely. Thank you very much uh, for inviting me and uh, look forward to uh, future engagement as well. Joining us now is Jean-Louis Kindler, the CEO of Waste2H. Welcome to the show, Jean-Louis. Thank you for having me here today. Tell my listeners, what is Waste2H? Well, we produce hydrogen. And uh, if we were producing hydrogen through electrolysis, we would, our company would be called Water2H. Well, that's not the way we do it. We use waste as, a, uh, as the main pathway to, uh, to hydrogen. And this is why we are called Waste2H, uh, which is, well, as you probably understood now, a pun between way, the way, the pathway to hydrogen, and waste. Wonderful. Waste ways to hydrogen. Exactly. Fantastic. So explain a little bit more about what the organization actually does. What's the technology? What's the business model? So we are, uh, I will start, if, if I may, with Please. a little bit of history. So we are a four-year-old company, so we are still a startup. We are based out of Long Beach in California. And uh, we have designed a proprietary, proprietary, I'm sorry. Proprietary? Proprietary, absolutely, yeah. You know, I, I, I probably sound I'm French, right? Oh, I well, love it. Yeah, it, it adds <laughs> It adds class to my podcast. Oh, well, thank you for saying this. <laughs> so we have designed this specific uh, process that uh, uses heat to break down the, uh, the organic molecules. So when I say organic, I don't necessarily mean organic food, but anything that contains carbon and hydrogen. So that includes plastics. 
uh, leather, wood, uh, wood that is painted, uh, wood that has resins or, or, or all sorts of chemicals in it. All this is organic. And so what we do is we use heat to break down those molecules into a, a gas stream that we refine using specific uh, technologies that we have developed. And we ultimately refine that into a stream of hydrogen on one side, that's the product, and another stream of carbon dioxide, which we know everyone hates. Uh, and that carbon dioxide, in our case, goes into a mineralization process, meaning that it is permanently stored into stone, limestone actually. And so, in a way, our process is a direct carbon sink taking CO2 from the atmosphere and sending it back where it should be, underground. Wow. So, do you partner with municipalities, landfills? Where, what is the source of your organic waste? Exactly. So, first, our business model is to sell systems. So, our clients would typically be the waste industry, municipalities, uh, any, any entity that, that somehow manages or generates waste. Okay. Do you have an example of a project that Absolutely. you have underway that you could share? Absolutely. I cannot really talk about it in, in detail or, or give names, but uh, we are working on a project in New Mexico where our client is currently developing a whole ecosystem working with municipalities to get municipal solid waste, turn that waste into hydrogen and then use this hydrogen as a fuel for fleets, school buses, shuttles, etc. Uh, so he's literally he's creating his market because he he is selling this hydrogen as well. Aha. Uh -huh. So what you're creating is that ecosystem Correctly. to where you're helping to generate the hydrogen, then you have somebody that is acting as the aggregator for the sale of it. And are you finding maybe anchor customers that will be the, for the offtake of the hydrogen? Ultimately, we do expect the oil and gas industry, and more specifically gasoline distributors, to be the offtakers for that hydrogen. Ah, okay. Because typically our system, uh, we have a standard design for a system that produces approximately two and a half tons of hydrogen per day, and that's the equivalent of 500 passenger car fuel, full tanks in wow. hydrogen. Okay. So you're contributing to the energy transition by supplementing available fuels for, like with gas stations, right? Absolutely. You're, you're supplementing those fuels. Well, in, in a way, we think that our solution, uh, our solution could be the core of the 21st century's I almost say gasoline stand, uh, but uh, the 21st century's vehicle refueling station in the sense that with that hydrogen, it, well, that hydrogen can directly be compressed and go into a vehicle tank, a truck, a bus, a car, whatever, but can also be sent into a stationary fuel cell to generate electricity to charge battery electric vehicles because that also is badly needed. And, and of course, we will want to have renewable electricity and our electricity or electricity coming from our hydrogen will obviously be renewable. It will actually be much better than that because it will be carbon negative. Huh. Okay. So, last question for you, Jean-Louis. I'm going to get personal. Oh. Tell me about you. How did you get into this space? Oh, I, I, I almost say I, I would almost say that I was born into the space. It's not exactly right, but uh, when I first started my professional life, that was a good 30-ish years ago in Japan. 
um, I was involved in, 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 in technology marketing and technology sourcing for environmental solutions. Ah. And 30 years ago, Japan was very, very well advanced in all sorts of environmental solutions. And this is what took me in. Do you have a perspective as Japan, for per, Japan's current uh, position in the market? Are they still more advanced? Ooh. Well, you, haven't, is, you haven't kept up with it. Uh, no, 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 I did. But uh, this is the question where I would probably need to be politically correct. <laughs> That's quite all right. This is the Oil and Gas Global Network. Well, we understand. Um, no, definitely, yeah, Japan, Japan is very much advanced and Japan has a lot of very, very good ideas on how to do things. Uh, my personal opinion, and I'm happy to discuss this in private, is that the pathways that they are envisioning right now are probably not the best ones, but that's only me. Well, you're not working there, you're working here in the exactly. United States of America. Exactly. And you are here and with us it. in Houston. Ah, and I wonderful. Love it. All right. <laughs> well, Jean Louis, thank you very much for joining us on the show. We are going to put a link in our show notes to your company. I think that it's ways2h.com. It's Correct. that simple. Exactly. Fantastic. That simple. Thank you for joining. Thank you for having us. And ladies and gentlemen, walking by the booth, I grabbed a hold of our dear friend Karen Kachik who you will remember as the lady that educated all of us that the Scottish women don't wear kilts, they wear sashes. Karen, <laughs> welcome back to ESG Energize. Thanks so much. And so she is with Master Word Services. Let me tell you how perfect the timing is here. We just had two organizations prior to Karen on the show that talked about how they are, their headquarters are based not in this country. Yeah. So remind my listeners yeah. what it is that MasterWord Services does. So we provide language services for everyone who needs to do business in a language other than the language they really want to do business in. Um, we're based in the Energy Corridor, and a lot of our clients are, are energy, uh, renewable, traditional, you name it. And uh, yep, yeah, any language, any time. Growing and expanding. Well, yes. <laughs> it's been a great event this week. This, this uh, World Hydrogen Leaders has been a... It's, it's innovation, right? A lot of innovation. Great energy. Everyone's yeah. excited about all these new projects they've got going on. And I was commenting to some earlier folks about this. What I'm really energized about with this conference is that we are still waiting for more cl regulatory clarity and yep. our clarity on incentives and credits, et cetera, yep. et cetera. But this this industry, these people here that are at this conference that are that are presenting challenges are also presenting solutions. They're not just waiting for the regulations to come out. Right. They it, are ready to go, it, right? It's been, it's powerful and it's exciting. And, and uh, yes, they, they want clarity uh, on, on where the money, where and when, what money is going to, right? But uh, they're, 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 they're ready to go. They're ready They've to go. They've got all these great ideas and they're all working together. You know, yes. the off-takers and the solutions providers and the this and the that and the whole, you know, everybody understands that we all need to move together and we all need to do everything together. They know it's not going to work otherwise. Exactly. And it's a perfect location. We're here in Houston, Texas, yeah. the energy transition capital of the world. Right? It sure is. It's such a pleasure to see you again. Same here, Karen. Thank you so much for Bye. coming back on ESG Energized. Next up on our show is Justin Freeman, the Vice President of CCUS and Hydrogen for Kaufman. Justin, welcome to the show. Oh, thank you, Delphina, for having me. 
Justin, I'm noticing at this conference that we are really hearing some important discussions around not just innovations, but where this market is going and how we are going to effectively live into it to make the expansion of different types of energy sources actually commercially viable. And if I'm not mistaken, you have a talk this afternoon, am I correct? I do, yes. So start us off first with who is Kaufman, what is Kaufman, what do you guys do, and then segue for me into that talk that you're going to give this afternoon, which I'm probably going to want to be front and center for. Yeah, no problem. And I hope you, uh, you attend. So, you know, Kaufman's a primarily an engineering company. Uh, we can play some different roles for, for companies, but that is really kind of our core strength. And we have about 700 people. We're located in 20 offices across the United States. And, um, you know, so we are multidiscipline, really primarily focused on uh, what I call surface engineering. So we don't do any reservoir engineering or kind of you know, subsurface. Uh, we don't do environmental. But all those other disciplines we, we do, and we work in a myriad of different segments of the economy. So we do work in oil and gas. Uh, we work in you know, building school systems and hospitals and work with utilities. So really almost every market segment of the economy, we're there. Um, and my role is really to help them grow into a new market which is kind of focused on carbon capture, utilization, storage, and hydrogen. So you got into this space because if I remember correctly, you spent about 16 years at Chevron and actually transitioned into the CCUS space back, back with them, is that correct? Yeah, I did. Uh, I took a, the role of a CCUS program manager. Um, and at that time, uh, that was kind of advised to me that that was a career ending uh, move. Um, so that didn't work out quite that way. I'm happy to say that it was a, a very successful stint. Uh, and then we had some personal decisions with just COVID and everything else. We really wanted to move back to Alaska and uh, raise a family up there and had this great opportunity to take this new role and uh, really kind of grow our corporate business across Kaufman. Wow. So your talk this afternoon, is it going to be primarily around hydrogen because we're here at the World Hydrogen North America Conference? Uh, it is going to be very focused on hydrogen. I'm Tell a, us about that. Yeah, no problem. Um, so it's, it's been an interesting change for me to kind of go from a, a company that is a super major, that has a, a balance sheet that they can almost do any type of project they want to, uh, to go into a consulting role and really talk to a lot of different companies. I've talked to utility companies, healthcare companies, oil and gas companies, and really understand their perspective of you know, where they are in their energy transition journey. And one of the nice things is I can sort of come in and be agnostic about what that technology is. And you know, renewables is one of the things I, I encourage people to look at and looking at battery storage and you know, renewable natural gas and hydrogen and CCUS. And so kind of coming in and saying, advising our clients on what is the most cost-effective way for them to decarbonize and not really pushing a product onto them, but then help them understand how CCUS or hydrogen could play a role as part of that decarbonization. So let me ask you this. You said you're agnostic. You, even though you are the vice president of CCUS and hydrogen in your title, that doesn't mean that you're going in and pushing hydrogen on them, 
right? Or, or any particular renewable. So my question to you is this, is what are you hearing from those customers as to the most interesting or the most uh, market-leading renewable that they really want to invest in? Yeah, and I think that that answer kind of depends on geographically where you are in the country. Okay. So, you know, if you're in an area of California where there is a very uh, good application of solar, uh, solar tends to be the right, you know, renewable for them to focus on. If they're in a windy part of the country or, you know, you, you got to really match the renewable source with what the strength geographically of the country you, that they're in. And uh, that's very different. And you got to look at the transmission infrastructure as well. You know, even power purchase agreements, trying to get that power from different sites to their location. Um, you know, can, it's, it's a simple question, but sometimes it gets very complicated pretty quickly, so. So then the question of hydrogen, the topic that continuously comes up are the challenges of moving the hydrogen. Do you have a particular viewpoint on how we in the industry need to look at the movement of hydrogen around to whatever different geographic region we're in operating? Yeah, I, I have a, <clears throat> an opinion and, and you know, I've been kind of informed with my opinion listening to speakers this week. Uh, but I think the simple answer for me is if you start local, and you can try to develop that market of hydrogen where you're doing your production, then you can minimize that logistics cost. Now, that only works to a certain scale, and then you're going to exceed the, the market uh, you know, application of that hydrogen, and now you're going to have to start to you know, look at transportation options. And so whether that's in uh, you know, pipelines, or whether that's with rail systems, or whether that's with, you know, hydrogen carriers like ammonia or methanol, as you start to exceed your local market share, if you will, now you have to look at different transportation options. Are we seeing hubs popping up anywhere? Yeah, there's, hubs gets thrown around a lot, um, and there's lots of different versions of hubs, I would say. Ah, do share, enlighten me. Well, um, and this is one of the things I was going to kind of elaborate on this afternoon is, you know, I have a view of what makes a hub successful is that you find synergies with infrastructure, with capital planning, with different uses of the hydrogen. Um, I think some of the hubs have been kind of approached more from a lens of uh, going after the, the DOE funding with some of the best hydrogen projects that they have in that sort of locale, but not necessarily a vision of how they're complementary to one another. And so I think that's a really important thing that I've seen when I've looked at hub, hub development is how can you find those synergies either in you know, the use cases or in the shared infrastructure or the customers? Um, how do you look at it from an anchor tenant that can basically kind of be that uh, anchor capital investor or just customer um, to you know, really drive those synergies where uh, there's win-win relationships between those companies. So give a shameless shout out here to our great city of Houston, Texas, the energy transition capital of the world. 
other than Houston as probably a perfect energy hub for all things renewable, what other areas can I put you on the spot to ask that you think are popping up as hubs? Yeah, I think that the hubs are, are really um, nicely focusing on where their strengths lie. So if you look at some of the corridors of you know, where you have biomass or you have ethanol plants, you know, that's a really cost-effective way to do CCUS. If you start to look in California, now you have hydrogen hubs that are using PV solar to generate the hydrogen. Um, and you have a, a lot of use cases to decarbonize um, existing infrastructure. Uh, you know, there's a lot of hydrogen that's used in the economy today, and that can displace the hydrogen use that's there today, or it can, you know, be the basis of, of new, um, basically, hydrogen use cases, like transportation, more, I would say, in, in the medium and heavy duty. Uh, I think batteries are gonna be the primary market winner uh, for light duty transport. Um, so I think that where you're seeing the hubs develop is where they have their natural strengths. So in California, it's gonna be focused on PV solar, whereas in the Gulf of Mexico here, you have such a fantastic geological storage basin paired with cheap natural gas. Blue hydrogen is gonna be a big player, um, but Texas is also a leader in renewable energy. So right, we are. It's, a, it's also gonna have that, that green lens to it. And I, I think one of the things that we have to start to move away from is, is what color of hydrogen, but more is what is the carbon intensity of the hydrogen. Well said, yes. But the colors are helpful because people are still learning about this industry yep. and it's a quick reference, right? Yeah. Well, Justin, I'm going to be excited to hear your talk this afternoon and thank you very much for joining us here on the ESG Energize podcast. Yeah, no problem. Thank you for having me. Join us again next week on the ESG Energized Podcast, a production of the Oil & Gas Global Network. To learn more, go to OGGN.com.